what's up you guys welcome back to mini tv reviews i am your host mo and today we are wrapping up the resort you guys yes okay we're doing a two-parter so episode seven and episode eight this is episode seven season one episode seven titled la pubertad del matrimonio you guys I hope y'all had a wonderful weekend, okay? I had a blast. Y'all were actually supposed to be getting these episodes yesterday, but what happened was I was with my girls, okay? Sisters from another mister, okay? Joe and Cora, I love y'all. Thank you guys so much for such a good time yesterday. And then we took it back to my crib, and then we had an even better time, okay? So, sorry, you guys. That's why y'all didn't get these episodes yesterday. <laughs> Also, shout out to Toya, you guys. We have been texting about new shows that are coming, and I've got one that's coming up that I wanted her to see season one of, but it doesn't have anything to do with season two, so you guys, we're just going to jump on in. We're going to be talking about Cruel Summer, okay, but that's later on this week. Shout out to Toya. If you guys have not went to her YouTube page, please do so, okay? She does amazing work over there with her baby girl as they journey through uh, with autism, okay? So pieces of Lily, go over there and check it out, okay? Like I said, I hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the episode, okay? So we start the episode off with Emma and Violet's dad, Okay. Violet's dad is at some club getting his drink on and um he suddenly gets uh his phone starts vibrating okay so he checks his messages and Emma has left him a slew of voicemails okay so I'm pretty sure she's telling him that she has an idea where Violet may be so we're gonna see what falls from that then we go over to Noah. Noah is waking up without Emma. She is nowhere to be found, okay? He done checked the room. Of course, they ended the night on an argument, and um, she didn't want to be worried with him. So the only thing that he sees is a made bed and a laptop sitting on it, okay? So he runs out and checks the resort to see if he can find Emma anywhere on the grounds, and he asks Luna, has she seen uh, Emma at all? And so she tells him no. Okay, he goes to go check the pool. She is not there. And then he comes back and he decides to look at the laptop. And then we see that he knows that she is on her way to try to find Pasaje by her lonesome. Y'all, he's so confused and pissed and a, a whole bunch of other emotions at the same damn time. Worried probably about his wife. We're in a, a foreign place and you're traveling by yourself. Get it together. Okay, I don't care how mad we are at each other. You don't do that. Okay, that's how people end up dead. But anyway, so um, <laughs> then we see Baltazar. He wakes up on a golf course. I'm not quite sure how he got there, but he's interrupted when a, a ball, I think a, a golf ball hit him or something or close by, right? Startles him. And then, like I said, he tries to move it. Well, he does move it. And the golfers are pissed at him because now... They got to start all over for this hole, probably, okay? So they're telling him not to move the ball, and as they're doing that, honey, he is taking their golf cart and running off with all of their golf clubs. <laughs> well, you you look like you've got enough money. I'm pretty sure you can just go buy you another set. But anyway, so he takes the golf uh, cart, and he goes back to the resort, okay? Speedy Gonzalez in it. So then... um we go over to Luna. Luna is talking to the Teds, okay? Well, older Ted. Y'all remember them from episode one, I believe. Anyway, 
she's talking to older Ted because older Ted wants to find something for them to do, an excursion of sorts, okay? And so she's suggesting snorkeling. Well, he's got this thing with his trach. It's weird. It narrows out, uh, narrows down once, you know, he gets exposed to certain allergens. So that's probably not going to be a good look. So just then, younger Ted comes over, and he gets pissed at older Ted because he doesn't want to go snorkeling, okay? He hasn't done that before, um, but since older Ted doesn't want to do it, it's out of the question, okay? And so older Ted is like, you've never been snorkeling before? Like, what is this? Um, excuse me. Everybody did not grow up with the silver spoon, okay? We didn't have certain privileges when I was growing up. So no, I've never been snorkeling at my big age, okay? So anyway, they get into an argument about that. Younger Ted still wants some type of element of surprise. He does not want to be there when older Ted makes the decision about which excursion they're going to be going on. So he says that he's going to go get a drink while older Ted figures it the F out. <laughs> so as they're trying to figure it out, Balsazar comes up and he asks uh, Luna, has she seen Emma? And y'all, he's in his golf cart. He is frantic and he is in a hurry. So as soon as Luna sees that, honey, she is like, oh, hell, something about to go down. So Balsazar goes banging on Emma and Noah's hotel room. He cannot get a response out of them. Nobody's coming to the door. So guess what he does, y'all? He actually goes outside of the hotel, scales the side of the building, just to break into Emma and Noah's room, y'all. <laughs> he is quite dedicated to his cause. <laughs> so he gets in there and he's rummaging through their stuff, trying to figure out just where in the world this book is, y'all. He even had the audacity to step on the clean white sheets with his dirty ass shoes. Do y'all know how disrespectful that is? Those things will probably never come out of there. It'll never come out, okay? Completely. It won't, okay? Don't care what nobody say. It's not coming out. So, as he's looking through their stuff, trying to figure out where in the world this book is, honey, Luna ends up coming into the room, okay? They start having an argument about how he has caused enough rift in their marriage trying to figure out this whole Sam and Violet situation with them, just kind of going along with it. And Balsazar is like, look, okay, maybe I'm trying to find this book for myself, okay? But you're pathetic. You want to sit up here and wait around on these folks here at this resort. He called them the uh, derogatory term. Now, I'm not going to say, okay? He ended up saying that. But you want to sit up here and wait around on these folks, you know, your whole life. Don't you want something different, okay? Don't you want to just see what it's like? And she says no, okay? She does not. And so they're going back and forth. They're arguing about the whole situation when next thing you know, there's somebody coming through the door, okay? And it is Violet's dad, y'all. He's listening to the voicemails and Emma must have gave him some pretty good instructions, okay? And so he says that he received a... um. First off, let me say, Balsazar says that time has not been too kind to either one of them. That's what he said. But honestly, Balsazar looks fine. He looked like he done aged pretty well. But Violet's dad, 
yeah, he looked like he'd been stressed. <laughs> so, he was like, Tom has not been well to either of us, okay? But why are you here, okay? They both say that they are looking for Emma, and they're looking for the book, okay? And so, he says that he received some pretty disturbing voicemails from Emma regarding Sam and Violet's location. And so then, um, they, of course, mentioned the book again, trying to find Pasaje. And so, he says, how did you get there? Well, Balsazar says the the only hope that they had was lost after they killed the guy who wrote the book. And so, he was like, that's okay. No need to worry, okay? Emma ended up giving me exact instructions on how to find the place. All we need is a ride. This is going to get pretty interesting, you guys. How are they going to get there? So I'm going to paraphrase some of this, you guys, because she was leaving the voicemails, the six voicemails, <laughs> to Violet's dad. But we see Emma. She is driving through um, the jungle, essentially, and she says that she believes where Sam and Violet are located. Um, first, her she found Sam's phone, and then her husband found Violet's phone. Okay, and she says that 15 years ago, the guy who wrote the book, Pasaje, he dropped them off in the jungle, and the reason that they even were using the book is because she believes that Violet was trying to find her mom in this place called Pasaje, which is supposed to transcend time, okay? And so, um, she says that they were going there in hopes of seeing the mom, and the guy dropped them off 15 years ago and so then we see uh sam and violet they're walking through and she she mentions that she when she first came to the island they were there to celebrate 10 years of being married okay and when she initially stumbled upon the phone of course she was curious but as time past she ended up um being very intrigued and fell in love with the idea of sam and violet okay and their love story and how when you're young like that of course you know <laughs> everything is very um hunky dory to a certain extent you kind of just go with the flow with everything things magically fall into place and all is right with the world right you're curious and you find love and everything's happy and you know it's great and so then she uh we then see violet and them they end up putting down like their tarp for the night and violet says that um they should do this because it's getting dark okay and they'll just look for the entrance tomorrow and sam is like okay well if we don't find the entrance tomorrow morning then maybe because she had ended up asking him if he wanted to go back and he was like no, no 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 you know he's trying to be in the moment with her okay everything is right when they're together so he wants to enjoy this as much as he can and so um she ends up suggesting that maybe they go hunt for something to eat. And um, well, what about water? Okay, well, they say that we can survive without water for three days. 
and she was like that's it and he was like well you know since we're smaller then maybe we can go longer yeah no i think you still need water (laughs) but we're gonna roll with it so as they're having this conversation emma is still leaving her voicemail and she ends up saying that after the writer died then she was faced with her own mortality and having to deal with where she is at this particular point in her life right now and honestly her life sucks okay she says that vacation is just like life we go on these vacations we have all these nice drinks we have better sex you know it's it's one of those things where you go on excursions and then as life progresses then of course the excursions they're not as fun um or you don't go on them anymore the sex is uh, you know (laughs) life just happens right as it does to everybody and so she says eventually after a while that makes us want to go on vacation again sort of kind of but then um she compares it to life when it's high it's high okay just like in the titanic just like in romeo and juliet the titanic in the highs jack and rose were together okay romeo and juliet they were in love and then but when life is low it's low like it can't get no lower okay we're always steady chasing that high that we once felt when we were younger but we can't we can't achieve that it's just like with drugs you know sometimes once people become addicts unfortunately they're chasing after that high like that first high that they always had right but just like with life you can never achieve that type of high okay you can chase it but you're not gonna get it but the lows man they just keep coming okay and so then it she also points out the lows in titanic the titanic sink not only that but rose and jack more importantly they didn't they didn't see past the titanic singing because jack froze to death okay it was sad and so then um she also points out with romeo and juliet they died so it put her life into perspective she got caught up in the moment just trying to relive her youth a little bit Um, vicariously through Sam and Violet through their love story and unfortunately now she's probably coming to the realization that her marriage is or probably coming to an end okay and then she mentions Noah and how Noah treats her with kid gloves okay but he always he wasn't always like that but he handles her like she's a little delicate doll okay and um yeah she doesn't know how to take that so it's just a lot y'all but anyway she ends up telling him exactly how to get there and then we see noah noah is actually trying to find her and he's in the jungle as well just then um as she's giving him the last instructions about the pink fun guy only being there at certain times of the year both of them simultaneously there you go simultaneously hear this helicopter noise and so they run out they end up running into each other and then they see the helicopter okay Balthazar, luna the tits and abigail and violet's dad are there 
Well, younger Ted did say he wanted a surprise, honey. What's more surprising than this? <laughs> we might not make it out of this thing, but we sure gonna try our best to solve this mystery. So there you go. So as Ted, the Ted's, <laughs> are having a conversation with Balsazar about whether this whole Pasaje thing is believable or not, um, he actually suggests that they go down there and face their fears. But Big Ted is like, nah, okay, I don't want to try to squeeze into some type of mole hole, okay? I would be too nervous to do that. Um, and then he mentions how some people believe in God and then some people believe in magical rooms that transcend time. So I'm not quite sure how sold he is on this Pasaje thing. <laughs> but as they're having that conversation, we see Emma and Noah. He pulls her to the side and they're like, oh, God, that definitely isn't going to end well. They start having an argument um, and then it does get loud after a while. It gets a little heated. And so he tells her, he asks her, like, what's up with you? Like, how could you just leave this morning with no note, no inclination as to where you were going? Like, I'm not built like that. Okay. And so she ends up asking him why he's there. Okay. You never believed in this from the jump. This is something that I need to do for me. And since you don't believe in what I believe in, then she just figured that he shouldn't come. Okay, but like I said earlier, they're in a foreign place. And regardless of how he feels about it, that's still his wife. And he's going to protect his wife as much as he can. And so then they start having the argument about who's being selfish and... um he says that she's being selfish. She's been inconsiderate since, you know, she left this morning. And um, she says that he's been selfish because he's not giving her, I guess, the space that she needs. Okay. And so he says, well, you act like marriage, um, us being together because she's, she complains about them being together all the time. And um, him treating her like a kid and talking to her like she's a five-year-old kid, but she's a grown-ass woman. And so he was like, you know, I'm just really trying to look out for you, but that's not how it's coming across to her. And she probably hasn't been communicating. Like, they just haven't been communicating, okay, on both ends. Um, he feels like the more that he's close with her, the more that he can protect her. But in reality, it's probably smothering her. And she needs her own space. And so he says, you act like us being together all the time is a bad thing. And I'm assuming that this being together all the time probably occurred after their baby passed away, okay? And so, you know, he's just trying to make sure that she's okay because she hasn't talked about it. She just says that she's okay and just keeps moving. So she says, well, maybe it is a problem, okay? And so he ends up asking her, like, do you want to be married? And she says that maybe she doesn't. Okay, so as I mentioned, of course, the rest of the crew is kind of overhearing their whole situation. And Balsazar tells the test that Luna um, says that they're going through the La Pubertad del Matrimonial phase, the puberty of marriage. Okay, who, who likes puberty? Nobody. <laughs> and so he says, well, you know, they they're coming to the realization that they may not make it 
as a couple after this whole thing is squared away. But he says, for now, you're still my wife and I'm going to do what I can to protect you, regardless of what the outcome is after this. So, yeah. I don't know, you guys. So then um, Violet's dad comes through there. He's whacking bushes down. And he says that he's only got three tents, okay? And they're to never, ever, ever sleep in the tall grass after dark. And so since he's only got three tents and there's more than three people, you know, or three people, two per tent, then Emma and Noah are going to have to figure it out. Maybe they're going to want to have to get along for the time being until they figure this out. So, yeah. So, um, Bosses are says, well, the Ted's are out. Okay. So who's flying them back? <laughs> y'all, I forgot to tell y'all earlier that the way that they got there is because y'all remember when they were introducing all of the, the side characters, Abigail, who is the head landscaper, y'all, she done probably stole another helicopter and flew them there. Because y'all remember, she stole the governor's helicopter. And that's how she had to run from whatever city, she uh, country she was originally from. <laughs> and that's how she ended up at the hotel. But yeah, y'all, it's, it's real tense between Emma and Noah. And probably this conversation is long, long, long overdue. But they definitely need some therapy to figure out what their next step is going to be after all of this is said and done. So everybody's getting ready to load up that's ready to go back. And bosses are asked Luna, is she leaving? And she says, no, not yet, okay? Everybody is an asshole here. Somebody has to be the adult in the group. <laughs> Y'all, I think that they are going to have something romantic after a while. But we'll see. She says that um, as long as she's back by tomorrow then she should be fine because she has to report to some lady report to some lady named cecilia and so he was like doesn't that suck that you have to report to somebody and he starts laughing and she says no it's not funny <laughs> okay stop laughing so then the teds and abigail load up and they head off so it's nighttime now and everybody's sitting by the fireside and they're reading a passage from the book okay you got to go x amount of meters in and then you see the pink fun guy and then you'll see the entrance to the to Pasaje and if you put your hand over it you should feel some heat okay that's the that's how you know you're in the right spot and so then um they have a discussion about whether to believe if Pasaje is real or not okay well if all of this is real and Abara wasn't BSing us then what do you think Pasaje means? bosses are is asking everybody and nobody is chiming in okay he's the only one that's got an opinion on this thing and so he says that he believes that Pasaje is either going to allow somebody to transport back to a specific memory or it's going to transcend them into whatever time period they're most curious about okay so he asked does anybody have any idea of which one they would like to do if Pasaje is real again no takers and so he he starts it off by saying that um when he was 35 years old he's sharing the memory of 
him with, on his birthday when he turned 35. He says that um, he told Luna that he didn't want to have any type of birthday party. And so by 10 o'clock, he was in his bathroom taking a, taking a poop and crying. And then all of a sudden, he gets this knock on the door, and it's Alex and Luna. And apparently, <laughs> they had stole a bunch of fireworks and some weed off of, uh, you know, somebody who had left it behind or whatever. And so, y'all, that ended up turning out to be the best night of his life so far. So, that's just a memory for him. But that's the one that he's most enjoyed so far, you guys. So... He asked, does anybody else have any idea of what they would like to do? Okay. And so then um, he ends up asking about, uh, he asked Noah. Noah's always one to chime in. And so he says, what do you feel about it? And he says that he would like to jump into the future about a year. Well, why do you want to do that? Because he wants to see how he and Emma are going to be doing in a year. Okay, and so she says, how do you think we'll be doing in a year? And he says, honestly, for the first time since we've been married, he has no idea how they're going to be doing. And so um, he says that that absolutely terrifies him, okay, uh, because it's unknown and he's never felt that way. So, yeah, he doesn't know. So then um, Violet's dad comes back and he says that he went looking he didn't spot any pink fungi, but they'll probably do a lot better in the morning. Um, until then, get some shut eyes. So then he pulls out his harmonica, y'all, and he starts playing. And bosses are like, "Okay, it's time for me to exit stage left. Good night, y'all." So everybody ends up going to bed except for Emma and Violet's dad. They're sitting around the fireside, and he's saying that he probably should have paid closer attention to what Rita. And Violet were reading and how this whole book about Pasaje has just like transformed their life and which direction it was going in. And so she ends up asking him, how did his wife pass away? And he said that it initially started with breast cancer and then it metastasized to her brain. And so, of course, she apologizes and he says that it's OK because, um, you know, it was a very slow, agonizing death. And I'm pretty sure you just hate to see your loved ones suffering like that. And there's absolutely nothing that you can do to fix the problem. So he says that his dad died when he was 45. Okay, so anything after 45 is good with him, you know. And so she says, well, if we're going off family members and how long they've been alive my grandmother is in my in her 90s so if that's any indicator then i'm screwed because that's too much time to feel and so he was like i disagree okay he says that him and his wife had time to enjoy each other and then he says that you know with violet he remembers exactly what was happening the last time he saw her Okay, they were sitting down, they were having dinner, but the only thing is he doesn't remember their conversation. And he fears that after a certain time has transpired, then he won't remember her face either. Okay, and so this is why this is really important to him. And so Emma says that she and Noah 
they tried to have a family all those years ago um or a few years back rather and she can't bring herself to say that her daughter her daughter passed um per se she kind of just always cuts the sentence short when it it comes to that part of the sentence um but she says that she doesn't let that define who she is which is completely a lie because if you're an alcoholic you know you're just kind of sloshing through life you're not really enjoying any experiences after that then I think you are letting that define you I know and that's it's a very hard thing to go through to endure and to go get past but life has to go on and so she says that she doesn't let that define her and we shouldn't allow those types of events to define who we are. Again, this is where he says that he disagrees, okay? He doesn't agree with her statement. And so then, um, what did he say? She, she ends up saying that if Pasahe is real, if all of this is real, then maybe she, maybe she, and then she cuts off her sentence because she probably wants to say so bad that maybe she'll be able to see her daughter again. Um, but instead of saying that and living in her truth, she just says that maybe he'll be able to see Violet's face again. And so he was like, that's BS. It's not a fair statement. And he gets up and he tells her to have a good night. And... They're, they're on completely opposite sides of the fence when it comes to what they believe in as far as this whole Pasaje thing and how to move on after you've suffered a tragic event. Um, and so, yeah, she thinks that he's going to understand her and what she's going through, but it's, it's just the opposite. And then we see that Noah has heard the entire discussion, so he knows how she feels to a certain extent, but they still need to have a conversation and she's just not ready to do that. So then um, we go back to Sam and Violet. They are laying on this tarp because remember they are waiting for the morning to come to go look for Pasaje. And so they try to have some sort of intimacy, but both of them clumsy, <laughs> clumsily fumble through this whole getting to that part <laughs> to the point where they just end up saying forget it okay sam is asking her to tilt her head up a little bit because it makes him uncomfortable to go all the way down like that she's asking him to not do so much tongue even though he's following her lead it's a whole cluster okay and so she eventually says that she's tired and he says you know what i'm tired too how about we just go ahead and get some sleep so that's what they do. But at least they're still in the moment and they're still together. Y'all, what done happened to Sam and Violet? So it's the next morning and Emma and Noah are waking up. And Noah is telling her that at the end of the day, he wants to be with her. And he just wants to go home. And he's starting to get emotional. He hears her sniffling. Um, and then... He asked her what's wrong. And y'all, she rolled over and her jaw. 
look like she been stashing nuts all in that thing okay it does swole up because of this abscess that she has in her mouth so part of her tooth broke off and the rest is still on the inside but clearly it's infected right so he's like oh shoot your mouth <laughs> trying to figure out the best way to help her they've got to go try to find some type of reception they got to get in contact with abigail so she can get to the dentist and she keeps telling them that she doesn't want to go see a dentist she has to see this whole pasaje thing through right and so noah's trying to convince her that she needs help and she says if you want to effing help me pull this tooth out okay does anybody have any pliers so luna ends up going to go try to find some cell phone reception they're like damn she's fast <laughs> so as she's going to go get reception she emma asked for pliers and murray who is violet's dad actually has some okay he's got like this whole it's a whole compact thing y'all it's pretty neat okay it's like a seven in one type of situation there so they end up you know a heating up the ends uh, or trying to disinfect the ends of the pliers they give her a nice uh swig of alcohol she didn't switch it around which she probably should have switched over there in that corner over there girl where the abscess is forming but anyway they eventually have noah be the one to pull her the rest of her tooth out y'all so they do the countdown Noah finally pulls the tooth out and he's like, yes, you know, super excited about it. Everybody's happy, including, um, including Emma, y'all. She turns around and Noah finally sees like all the blood coming out along with the pus. And y'all, he passes the F out. Hilarious, y'all. It's the whole situation, but at least we got that tooth out. So then after that, we see Murray. He goes to go relieve himself because that was a lot of pressure boy <laughs> and y'all i i just find it so funny because i have the caption on when i'm doing the review sometimes y'all it said flatulating i just think that word is so funny <laughs> but anyway murray goes to relieve himself and as he's doing that he happens to look over and he sees the red tarp that sam and violet laid on all those years ago and so he's like oh my goodness so then we go back to um emma and noah he finally comes to and she ends up telling him that she also passed out okay great he wasn't the only one she says that uh once murray started draining the abscess because she says she feels a lot better now but once murray starts draining the abscess she just couldn't take it okay she ended up passing out too and so he was like well at least we don't have to argue about the tooth thing later now do we and so she was like no we don't okay so it seems like they're on the men's but as they look like they're probably finna get ready to share a kiss we hear some whistling and it is murray y'all murray has found Pasaje, or potentially Pasaje. This is the opening to it, right? The portal. 
And so everybody's looking at it like, wow, this thing is really real. Okay, so what do we do next? And Emma says that we go in. And that's the way the episode ends, y'all. It's getting good. What do y'all think they're going to find? Are they going to be able to find Sam and Violet? Are they going to be able to find uh, Ibarra's friend? Y'all remember, Ibarra said that his friend went in and he never saw him again after that. So, y'all, are Sam and Violet going to be dead? I don't know. I hope not, y'all, but we'll see. Either way, let me know what you think. You can reach me at Menu TV Reviews on Facebook and on Instagram. You can also reach me at my TV Reviews Podcast at gmail.com. That's without the S on the end. All that, okay? I love y'all. I'm so excited that we're coming to a conclusion for the show. It's been really good. I'm just curious to see how it's going to end. But yeah, let me know what you think, you guys. You can reach me um, at all of those places. That's all I have for now. So until we meet over the airwaves again, I am Mo, and I will talk to you guys soon. Bye.